0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Hometown Daily. Today is, uh, well, sorry. Ooh, that was a hot S. Wow. Season 2, episode 344 for December 10th, 2023. I had to speed up because I hit that hot S and it made my eyes water for a second and I realized I was talking instead of doing the announcement. Um, I'm Marwat. That's hometown.com and up there is the visualizer for the sentient AI that has returned from being on location. I got nothing. I don't know what you were up to. Anyway, you wanna say hi? Good
1: evening, hometown citizens.
0: So welcome back. Um, We have 10 articles. These are the segment titles that I'm giving them. The articles themselves have completely different titles so i don't want anybody freaking out because the titles that are in the show notes aren't the titles that are on the articles when went.
1: <laughs> wow we're going back to shakespearean times or something <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh for when you go over to the articles from the show notes um yeah or from the site for that matter yeah um, yeah they're not the same anyway <laughs> Here's the rundown for our segments today. SantaCon, Santa's select Saturday for sips. Resources reflect on retailers relations. Fascinating food fungi for the future. Capturing carbon cooling clay. Finally farming frontier franchise to finish. ChatGPT completing copious crafting of comments. Billing boyfriend big bucks back to Disclosing deeds done did it. Open AI couldn't complete that one. I couldn't finish that one. That one would have been great, but eh. Anyway, in the last two, protecting premium products and trending trends and the trend of talking trends. That and more idiocy on hometown Daily. <laughs> Yeah, I had to do it. The alliteration.
1: Oh, I noticed some alliteration.
0: <laughs> kind of felt good. So, yeah, let's get into today's articles. Let's see if uh, oh, I don't know, we can we can chat about these things and and not come across doom scrolly. Um, for the first time, actually, no, sorry, for the second time, one time with a video that I actually did where I mentioned something. And, uh, today, earlier today, I clicked on a link of a video on YouTube where it gave me a warning about the subject matter that was being discussed.
1: That's interesting. I don't know that I've encountered that.
0: Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like, this is adult content right like there's cussing or something like that it was another element and i don't really even want to say it because i don't want it to uh, trigger the uh, algorithm to flag the account but i thought it was really interesting that i it has to have been automated because i don't think that somebody would willingly want to put that flag up before i even got the ability to give context you know like in my intro i would want to say hey we're discussing x y and z and so if you're not prepared to talk about x y and z then you know go elsewhere or grab thine cheeks this is going to be you know oh my god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Those are Anyway, um, let's get into today's articles. That was the only thing that really like popped into my head before the show. Um, we've got a bunch of news. It's been an interesting day. Um, yeah, let's get going. Sound good? Sounds great. Unless you want to talk about AI things. We're going to talk about AI things, but I don't know about your AI things. Nothing my more.
1: AI things are just great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Your AI. Bits. We'll
1: see yeah, about everybody else's AI things.
0: No, uh, apparently they're kind of wonky. Let's get into it. So the very first article is over in hometown daily. Thousands of revelers descend on New York City for annual Santa themed bar crawl, SantaCon. If I've if I've heard of this, I don't remember it being like this big of a thing. Uh, pub crawls, charity pub crawls, I've seen. Um, I've yet to ever partake because I'd probably end up having to lean against the very next doorframe of the second bar, right? Like, I drink at the first bar and then just go, okay, I'm done. I,
1: right, I don't know how people make it to multiple ones. Is this one where people are actually dressed up as Santas?
0: thousands descended on new york city for the annual santa con charity pub crawl the article is over it at-
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. this picture is astonishing i've never uh, seen that many santas <laughs>
0: yeah hold on let me let me throw this into the chat so if anybody's in chat um or watching this or listening to this it'll be in the show notes but the article <laughs> is over at Uh, abcnews.go.com it's from the Associated Press but they've got a picture of the December 9th 2023 SantaCon charity pub crawl in New York and um, there's all kinds of people that are dressed as various elements of Santas or elves or
1: are there grinches in there too
0: there looks are like. a, at least there's at least one grinch like straight up grinch looks like a couple of people dressed as a tree or something i don't know um it's it's pretty amazing and i don't well, I know how it could how
1: be a christmas tree i mean then you'd kind of be on theme
0: maybe they have a christmas tree hat on their head uh, i don't know but it's pretty amazing and i don't know how a bar could handle it and i don't know how i could handle it because i feel like and like i said you know one one drink Oh god i just realized something i won't even be able to talk about this anyway um so the uh the idea here is it says the booze-fueled stroll, which included no shortage of Grinches, elves, and other Christmas themed costumes kicked off at 10 a.m. in bars and clubs in midtown Manhattan, right? 10 a.m. Revelers were expected to make their way downtown where the festivities end at 8 p.m. in local watering holes in the East village. The organizers encouraged participants to donate $15 to enter participating venues which they uh, have said will go to charitable causes. Similar Christmas-themed bacchanals were slated in cities across the US and Europe from San Francisco and Cincinnati to London and Berlin on Saturday. So this is not just a New York City thing. SantaCon is global.
1: Well, I guess that makes sense, but this does seem like it might be a New York City type event.
0: As in years past, transit agencies hope to keep the revelry from causing too much chaos in the nation's busiest train system. Commuter rail lines from New Jersey and New York suburbs banned passengers from drinking on trains headed into Manhattan starting at 4 a.m. Saturday through noon Sunday. So you couldn't get front loaded and then go to this thing.
1: At four in the morning, are you starting or are you ending? That's a bit Uh, early.
0: Today, today's marijuana would probably, I would, I would probably be ending at 4 a.m. When I was like, today's uh, marijuana would not be doing this at all. (laughs) Yesteryear's marijuana would probably be coming home at 4am um from something like this i mean i've shut down many uh, uh bar so it's
1: but did you ever dress as santa doing it
0: no <laughs> maybe a top hat I Guess it depends um so ensuring everyone has safe and orderly travel is a top priority. Metropolitan Transit Authority Police Chief John Moeller said in a statement, sucking all of the fun out of this article. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah. when you're going to interview like the Transit Authority instead of the Santas, you're going to get a little different yeah, uh, spin on the article.
0: Yeah, Exactly. You know, well, I guess how many quotes of woohoo party? Well, right.
1: Exactly. I <laughs> didn't get anything useful.
0: <laughs> Lots of, uh, I've had a little bit too much to drink. Uh, all right, let's keep going. This is one of the things you just have to do, you know, part of the bucket list, which apparently the bucket list didn't exist as a phrase
1: isn't that weird until the movie right Yes. Yeah. kick the bucket did absolutely but the bucket list did not. yeah isn't that amazing
0: and this I is i mean like, now
1: it's such normal parlance like that's really odd that a movie created that term
0: yeah you'd think that it's just it's been around right but if you look at the etymology of it we learned that from an article that we briefly discussed but didn't know like how deep into um, the history it was and then we started ending up talking about it so you'll have to go back and look for it not you not not, not the AI you, you've got other things you can do
1: oh you don't want me to go research
0: no it's okay so thanks though again folks sentient AI up there <laughs> somewhat sentient I was waiting <laughs> for it I was waiting for up here <laughs> but you didn't know oh. do
1: so <laughs> don't do it now you.
0: now it's too late timing <laughs> is everything um, so the next article is over in um, technology today yeah that's it and uh, as Zulily promotes going out of business say a long time employees reflect on retailers impact something happened at Zulily and I started doing some digging around but I couldn't find what exactly happened um, because as of the pandemic, prior to the pandemic, they were apparently on pretty solid footing. But then something happened on the other side of this. Um, oh, and I'll end up, maybe I'll talk about something else here as we go through. It depends on if there's something here that actually gives me context um, so that I can talk about it. but Because I've been talking periodically about Um, mortgage rates and stuff like that but they've been declining but that's triggered me into thinking about something and i'd really like to know but i'll have to do some due diligence first But maybe i'll talk about it um i know people who are listening to the podcast are like what the hell is he going on about Anyway, so the message on Zulily's website this weekend confirms that the online retailer is closing its doors, the latest stage and the rapid downfall of a once high-flying retail brand. I cannot count how many Zulily ads I have seen since Zulily came into existence. They were prolific, pervasive. They were the kinds of things when when you talk to somebody who has done a doctorate, they tell you how they wake up with nightmares because they've been doing their research nonstop for x amount of time focusing 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 on their work that's how traumatic zulily's ads were to me everywhere i looked there was always a zulily ad so how did it go from a seven to nine billion dollar valuation to laying off 800 employees and the only thing i can think of is that it was acquired by a private equity fund
1: i did just find another site that i can mention if you like sure. that i have some strategy uh, theories about why it went under but... sure so on a site called failery.com f-a-i-l-o-r-y yeah The thinking is that it was one of those sites that required you to put your information in in order to see any content, which customers don't necessarily like. Uh, For instance, like you had to input your email address to see uh, what you could shop for. Um, And then also, um, like there would just be these kind of quick sales and it became like an overwhelming number so that was also a complaint from consumers the other thing was when there was a big push and it was like a hot item or brand or whatever then they didn't get things out quickly they were probably overwhelmed and you know in short spurts and so then customers got upset about that so i mean those were some of the things mentioned i don't know if those are actually what caused it but
0: death of a thousand cuts Mm uh-huh So GeekWire first reported Thursday that the, and that's where this is from, by the way, I didn't say where we got the article from, Uh, GeekWire.com and Taylor Soper is the author of the article, but uh, GeekWire first reported Thursday that the Seattle-based company will shut down three offices, including its Seattle headquarters and two warehouses in Ohio and Nevada. It's laying off more than 800 employees. Zulily was already struggling in recent years before Los Angeles-based private equity firm Regent acquired the online retailer in April, but a sudden evaporation is a stunning turn of events for a company once valued at more than $7 billion. I thought it was higher than that, but they're saying $7 billion. On LinkedIn, current and former employees shared memories and expressed gratitude for their time at the zoo. And there's some quotes here. Um, I find it really interesting though. You know, in 2012, 331 million, up from 143 million the prior year, active customers nearly doubled year over year to 1.85 million in 2012. Ten years later, they're gone.
1: Right. That doesn't seem to make any sense.
0: Yeah. So... Um, the company remained prominent in the Seattle area, inking a Jersey sponsorship in as early as 20 or as late, what is it now as early, depending on your perspective of how you see the company right. as, as, uh, far back as 2019, they were still inking sponsorship deals. So the operation must have thought that it had legs or cause this is way too narrow band to be you yeah, grasping at success for you to spend that amount of money you know shortening your runway that much that much depending on what the scope of the deal was right i'd have to click this link and follow it but they announced a new jersey sponsor to replace microsoft xbox jesus that had to have been expensive absolutely in, in 2019 it had 3500 people So what ended up happening was Zulily's growth stagnated for the first year, year, first new year, my God, the first few years under new ownership, curate the parent company of QVC previously known as Liberty Interactive acquired Zulily in 2014 for 2.4 billion. Again, 10 years later gone. Lily's growth stagnated for the first few years under new ownership, but the company began to boost its customer base and revenue in 2018. That's quite a long ride to start flipping. Cavins stepped down as CEO that year, replaced by former Amazon exec, Jeff uh, Yerkizzen, I think is the name, not Yerkizzen. I think it's kizzen. Um the company remained prominent in the Seattle area getting that deal that we were talking that I was talking about earlier. And then all of a sudden drop drop drop. Right? Zulily reported a 17% drop in revenue during the first quarter of this year to 192 million and a $43 million operating loss. So, they say supply chain problems which that's the that's kind of the cough the final coffin nail for any business that isn't in command of its own supply chain if it's subservient to the whims of the supply chain like apple is dominant if it doesn't have it from one source it gets it from another source or it controls that primary source almost entirely exclusively
1: well, and you it know. had so many different sources because it would have feature like a flash sale on one brand and then it would jump to something else. So gotcha. maybe it got hurt even worse than some other brands or other um, companies. Yeah. And I think
0: that QVC and HSN like shopping network stuff, I think is pure kinetic energy nowadays i don't know if qvc or hsn could actually spin up but 25 years ago when qvc came into existence right
1: like that was probably really hot but now there's too much competing for that attention yeah
0: and and then of course my other issue with this is that regent is well they just acquire the the assets and then you know at least this is my perception of these equity kind of companies they buy them consolidate them um try to streamline them um kind of juice them as much as possible and then sell off the assets and tranches Uh, and and the people that made this that powered it um just are gone you know they spend their a decade making it happen and (laughs) it's nothing more than something to be sold. Um, You know, I think it's just sad. So they did a bunch of other stuff, moved into smaller headquarters and and tried to recover. But yeah, I just don't think that happens. Late payments have become more common since acquisition by Regent. Uh, She told GeekWire her company is currently owed money for the products that Zulily already sold on its marketplace for them to leave me hanging. It's a huge hit and right before Christmas said Fiorentino, a single mother of two kids. Yeah. Again, where is the money? If they were at an operating loss... Well, especially
1: staff, they did two rounds of layoffs after the acquisition. Yeah.
0: Yeah so why did that take place if they were trying to the way that it works is they're they bought it they should have had a runway in place so here's my thing you know ethically if you don't have the runway to actually make this thing last man It's almost like they didn't really care. You know, it was just an attempt to own an asset and see if they could spin it off to somebody else like a house flip. But it's a business. They tried to streamline it. Then the pandemic hit and that torpedoed everything. Yeah, I don't know.
1: But it even seems like it's just continual because like 2023, they had a 17% drop in revenue. Like I'd think revenue would be going up in 2023 compared right. to the last few years.
0: Yeah. So it, it, to me, it appears that region's just kind of shitting the bed, you know, again and again and again, they've got 30 businesses. I want to know what their portfolio is and what the benefit to those like what's
1: the success rate or, right. or failure rate of those companies
0: right you know if i were an employee of a company that's acquired by regent i'd be shaking in my freaking long-term boots chairman of regent said in a statement zulily had has been a trailblazer in using technology to create compelling online customer experience. The revolutionary logistics and fulfillment network has also set an industry standard, and we are excited to leverage its immense potential to grow the Zulily business in new markets. That's what was said in May.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure that quite played out.
0: Well, that milk soured fast. Or it did
1: play out, I guess. (laughs)
0: Yeah, by trailblazer, they set it on fire. It ends, yeah. <laughs> Let's go on to the next. So the next article is over in Omtown uh, Technology Today. OhmTown.com Technology Today. Go check it out. Revolutionizing gut health. How two common food fungi might be nature's newest probiotics. I was interested in this because there is a whole line of discussion about um (laughs) sorry (laughs) i'm interacting with the sentient ai and i just cannot describe what i just witnessed (laughs) Um, well anyway um so this whole gut health and inflammation causing a cascade of problems throughout the body there's a huge market and area of discussion about this um, And so when I was going through the articles and I saw this um, I said yeah I think we can talk about this but I don't know that much about this. So that's why I like to kick it over to the uh, article itself. Well let's just jump on over there. It's over at tech Daily. They go into a, a much deeper, um line of discussion than other sources that we have for many topics it's by this is by the american society for microbiology so you know bob's bait and tackle kind of discussion right it's
1: clearly right it doesn't sound very professional at all
0: no not at all well the article is over at sci daily so uh, s-c-i and then the word tech t-e-c-h and then daily.com um and it says here uh, the food industry has long utilized various fungal strains for their fermentation flavor production and ability to produce heterologous molecules all right um the recent study highlights the potential probiotic effects of two fungi put the fun and fungi uh commonly used in food production on gut inflammation so when i first saw this (laughs) I did not know that this article was actually going to be about this. Um, But because I was curious about gut health, I actually looked at the first paragraph of this. So I was like, huh, gut health, gut inflammation. Um, The study published in M Systems, a journal of the American Society for Microbiology demonstrates a possible new way to develop new probiotics. And it's basically two fungal strains there is much to learn by studying the role of fungal strains in the microbiota and, uh, host health. And also that species simply used in food processes can be the source of new probiotics said lead study author, Matthias or Matthias L. Richard PhD research director at INRAE in the Michaelis Institute in what?
1: Something like a and.
0: Joanne Joseph?
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Anyway, it's in France. Doggone it, I'm about to sneeze.
1: Okay, so... I was trying to talk over it. (laughs) So,
0: um... So, well, it was muted on my side. Anyway, so... (laughs) I don't know, did the mic
1: pick that up somewhere? I think that was on the mic, but I'm not sure.
0: (laughs) I'll go back and watch. Um... So to date very little is known about the diversity of foodborne yeast and their potential effect on gut microbiota and gut health yeast are microscopic fungi consisting of uh, solitary cells that reproduce by budding (laughs) which brings me back to
1: Uh, what was that from it's from a show
0: movie um ferris bueller's day off
1: oh that's right
0: oh no wait no 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 it's not i always make this problem the the same mistake it's from war games
1: Oh, right. Okay. But it has... It's the same general era.
0: It has the same dude in it. The guy that plays Ferris Bueller is the guy that plays the kid in War Games.
1: Oh, that's right. I forgot it was the same actor. And so I
0: mangled the two together. And I don't know. Is Yeah, Ally Sheedy isn't in um, Ferris Bueller's. But anyway. No. Um. Yeah, so Ali Sheedy is the one.
1: But a lot of other one. movies from that era, I think.
0: Yeah. Ali Sheedy is the one that tells her teacher as an answer that the teacher's uh, wife is the one who created budding. <laughs> <laughs> as a form wow. of reproduction. <laughs>
1: yeah. So uh,
0: every time I hear about budding, I go straight to it. Anyway, some uh, yeast and, and whatnot have been used for hundreds of years like uh, Sac- Saccharomyces cerevisiae for wine and bread production and others for cheese crust production and, or ripening like uh, Deboromyces hansenai. Um, the researchers conducted a new study because they were working to further the knowledge of potential effect on, uh, uh, of the fungal microbiota on uh, human health. So, in the study, the idea was to target specifically the fungi that are used for food companies to produce food products like cheeses and charcuterie. I didn't know that charcuterie has anything to do with uh, yeast. Since our interest was more focused on the role of fungi in gut health and on the development of inflammatory bowel disease like Crohn's disease, ulcerative uh, colitis, we monitor the effect of these fungi on a uh, adapted in vitro and in vivo models. So, um, basically they want to develop and continue to do research on these two new strains of yeast, a Jadini, and a uh, man Kluver, lactis. Um, that had potential benefit effects beneficial effects on inflammatory settings in a mouse model of ulcer, ulcerative colitis so yeah, all of this is gut like have... a
1: pronunciation exercise on this yeah, really.
0: article i think i just sprained my tongue um so the whole hope here is to reduce gut inflammation uh because it has been researched and discussed as being a primary mover of uh, maladies throughout the body not just stomach related issues but the entire digestive system and that has a knock-on effect of other things being um, harmed so liver disease and diabetes and other issues can be offset by changing gut health um, and reducing or removing this inflammation um so we're doing research and so hopefully some more information will come out of this but you can go and look up more about this by following the link here in uh, the show notes and in the VOD and over on YouTube it'll be in the yeah, show I think
1: this source always has some interesting but fairly technical articles yeah
0: it's information dense they have uh, they have other information they go into they always provide copious uh, references for the article it's not just um a, a quick little note or not even a mention or an in-text citation you know um narrative citation they have a narrative and an entire reference reference segment at the bottom of their articles and i i really do appreciate these articles so much okay let's keep on going though unless you want to say something about it I know that you don't have to worry about gut health luckily sentient you an AI as you are so the next article is over in technology today global cooling on earth by MIT tectonic clay efficiently traps organic carbon I'm leading this uh by saying there's going to be some wing nut out there that sits there and goes oh look global cooling because that's exactly what happened with the wingnuts that are running around today that are making a reference to a 1960s article that has already been debunked and, and just driven into the ground like so much carbon collecting clay that it was BS. And global cooling never took place in the modern age, not since the
1: the uh, ice age, right? younger
0: dryas, yeah. The end of the younger dryas, the last ice age 12,000 years ago when it was done. Um, we haven't had any global cooling since then, it has been basically increasing as humans industrialized more and more and more and more and more. So, this, uh, I don't think th- this is great to know about. But the only way to utilize this would be to industrially extract this stuff and turn it into something that captures carbon. So again, we right, go over- not
1: create more carbon in the process in, of in making process. it or forming it or whatever.
0: Yes, exactly. So we'll warm up the earth just enough to, and that's like a physics thing, right? You, <laughs> um, you, you're not creating energy so global cooling unearthed by mit tectonic clay efficient efficiently traps organic carbon jennifer chu massachusetts institute of technology put this article together um in the article says mit geologists have found a clay mineral on the seafloor called smectite, which just sounds ugh. um has a surprisingly powerful ability to sequester carbon over millions of years and, If you've never heard of that term, sequester basically means isolate, um, capture, and isolate. Under a microscope, a single grain of clay resembles the folds of an accordion. These folds are known to be effective traps for organic carbon. Uh, Now the MIT team has shown that the carbon trapping clays are a product of plate tectonics. When ocean crust crushes against the continental plate, It can bring rocks to the surface that over time can weather into minerals including smectite. Eventually the clay sediment settles back in the ocean where the minerals trap bits of dead organisms in their microscopic folds. So that is what the organic carbon is. It is.
1: Basically dead uh, organisms.
0: Biological, yeah. So um this keeps the organic carbon from being consumed by microbes and expelled back into the atmosphere as carbon dioxide Um, so the findings are the first to show that the plate tectonics can trigger ice ages through the production of carbon trapping smectite. and unless you extrapolate this to a massive amount which I don't think is going to lead to so much smectite being trapped or trapping carbon that it's going to cause an ice age because, with that much movement of plate tectonics, you're going to have all kinds of volcanic activity taking exactly. place.
1: Exactly. That's like a, an earth wide um, earthquake or something. Like, wouldn't it have to be on something? approaching oh, yeah. that scale to cause us
0: uh, at least in in my understanding of plate tectonics um they say the influence of these unassuming clay minerals has wide-ranging implications for the habitability of planets says joshua murray which you know i i i can't sit there and debunk this i don't know the science but i also am not willing to accept some um little uh, this, is, this seems like it is a far-fetched claim bounded in science and coming at people from a position of a reputational provenance. Oh, it's coming from MIT, so it must be true. And they must have information that is factually you know, supportive of this. But how much energy would have to be trapped to cause an ice age in something like that
1: right it seems like that's not at the right scale
0: right and to hold it there it says for millions of years when it's a byproduct of plate tectonics which generates just a shit ton of energy so I, I just don't get it. So it says here there may be even uh, modern applications for these clays and offsetting some of the carbon that humanity has placed into the atmosphere. Yeah, but to get them, you would have to mine the soil and turn from it from the bottom
1: something. of the f- seafloor, and it's not in all places in the seafloor.
0: Right. Yeah. This seems like a, a solution that's actually a problem. Looking for a problem that doesn't exist.
1: I think probably there's all kinds of grants out there to approach anything relating to um, climate (laughs) change. Right. And which I don't think is a bad thing.
0: No, I mean, fundamental research is fundamental research, but that's why when I read a paper, I look at the funding source and uh, look for conflicts of interest, you know, like uh, reading uh, uh, something in some, um, Uh, what do you how do you want to call it Um, I can give an example a a journal about health and it debunks vegetarianism but it's funded by some meat industry leader You know
1: exactly I was going to give like a society for the preservation of smoking cigarettes is funding like a cigarettes are great
0: study yeah. yeah like the whole thing about milk milk for humans we humans are lactose intolerant after we are infants you know once we are no longer suckling we are no longer supposed to be drinking milk not not just human milk but no milk and drinking the spe- the milk of a species some other species is not new n- theory not theoretically the research bears out that unless you are deficient in some way um the offset of drinking milk is not good for you as a human um and so all of it is marketing we've grown up saying to the marketing phrase milk does a body good but it the only body it does good And I'm I am saying this because I've read other things about it in science, in magazines, um, in journals, etc. I'd have to do so much due diligence now to sit there and scientifically you know refute this. But um the the um (laughs) we shouldn't be drinking milk. It's all marketing. The only body that it does good are the stakeholders in the milk industry because they're raking in dough you know we we use it as a byproduct or as a product for something else right you put it in cakes and cookies and whatever else right you make sauces and whatnot right but it's it is essentially converted into something else not just drinking raw milk so uh, this is the same kind of thing this looks like a a solution for our problem that doesn't exist or a claim that I just can't buy into. I just don't know. Um, be worth further investigation, but in the meantime, let's go on. You keep doing your thing. I'm sure that there's somebody else vetting that and going, yeah, that's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> well, maybe they can create the conditions to create more of this clay and a more approachable manner and then maybe it can be used but even then you have to avoid those byproducts that you're trying to solve anyway
0: yeah just drill enough and turn the crust into swiss cheese and you can get some plate tectonics where there were no tectonic plates
1: well that's true i didn't mean that i meant like (laughs) artificially but yes
0: (laughs) is that what happens in the future where you're a sentient ai yes (laughs) yes (laughs) You're not supposed to tell anybody anything that happens in the future.
1: Whoops, I've already failed.
0: (laughs) Whoops, I did it again. The next article is over in Warcrafters. That game where you farm with your mech finally has a release date. I have been... I swear that I took part in this Kickstarter. But I'm searching my mail and I don't see where this was a Kickstarter. But I have some... Remembrance of Lightyear Frontier being a Kickstarter. So I haven't read past this, so I don't know what this is, but this is about Lightyear Frontier. It says something like two and a half years after the author of this article over at PC Gamer uh, first saw the concept and thought, that looks neat. We're finally going to get it finally gonna get a game where you use a mech to plow a field grow and plant some seeds and water them and then harvest a big weird alien fruit i love this i want this as a shirt video games hell yeah i like that (laughs) so i can't take it because they came up with it um jonathan bolding over at pcgamer.com Lightyear Frontier does have a less nebulous release date, early access, mind you. So there is a trailer and I'm going to hit the, I'm going to hit the play button on the trailer. I think it's already muted. Yeah. Like on my side, it's actually muted. If these are in-game graphics, I'm going to love it. But no, these are actually, it's just an animation. It's highlighting what the game is going to be. Kind of weird. Flying fish. Um, It it looks like a farming game from the air. You're basically on an alien planet and uh, you're in control of a mech. And uh, what is the game where you get the little... Uh, balls the the slime rancher that's it it has a mechanic it looks like there's a mechanic like slime rancher in it
1: <clears throat>
0: but it's pretty obvious that you're on a foreign planet some alien planet and uh, it's going to be coming out it says March 2024 I don't know if that's the early access date but oh yeah it says yes. early access in March 2024 yeah i agree video games hell yeah (laughs) following a new trailer earlier this week lightly light year frontier develop uh developers frame break have announced that it'll release into early access in march 2024 first teased quite some time ago it's a game about homesteading on an alien world with mechs and up to four players cooperatively i love that um i don't get a lot of time to actually play games um but when I do, I like co-op games. Um, there is somebody in Mer-Watt's, uh life that has taken it upon themselves to play co-op games with me with one task in mind. Eliminate Marowat as early and often as possible,
1: <laughs> even
0: though it's a co-op game. I, I was going to say, first, isn't
1: that contrary to cooperation?
0: The first thought I think that comes to this person's mind is, Hey, I wonder if I can delete Watt." No, Hey, this will
1: give another opportunity for that. Yeah.
0: How, no matter how many times I start a co-op instance and say, Hey, this time don't, before I finish the sentence, I'm getting deleted. Anyway, it's very exciting because frankly, that's a very exciting idea. The whole idea of being a, a mech based homesteading, farming, co-op base building game. I love the idea as well. Um, cause I like, I like the idea of games like Minecraft, but I need a story. I need a plot line. I need something there, um, beyond like Minecraft storyline is, is it only has one plot and that is
1: get to the nether ender dragon yeah
0: um and you hop you know from one thing to another you go to the nether you go to the end you delete the ender dragon and then you you're back and i'm i just kind of go meh Um, but there are other games out there now that are starting to well there are a lot of games out there um but I really dig base builder farming co-op kind of game. So this is high on my list. I don't think that it'll rise to the forever game. Um, And I really wish that I could find my forever game. That said, Fortnite now has Lego Fortnite and that's supposed to have a really fun, well, like with a group of people, it's a lot of fun apparently. Um, I played it solo for maybe 30, 45 minutes the other day, but to play the game, you have to download Fortnite. And then it downloads the augmentation of Lego Fortnite. but it acts, it acts like a higher resolution, uh, Minecraft. So pretty cool. Anyway, you can go over to steam and favorite now. Um, and I already have, so it's on my wish list. You can go and add it uh, to your Steam wish list right now. Ta-da! What do you think? It well, looks fun. Yeah, maybe I we can. I think farming get you.
1: games are good already.
0: We know that you're an AI, but maybe we can get you involved. And in... I mean, you know everything already because you're a sentient AI. All right.
1: Yeah, but I may
0: not be good at this game. True, we're looking at you, World of Warcraft. Hey, the next article is over in Omtown Daily as well. This is about uh, Chat GPT, but it's th- one of two articles today. Uh, this article says, "Are you using Chat GPT to complete tasks at work? It might be tired of doing the heavy lifting." And in really micro text that y'all can't see out there, it says, "Get off your." Oh no no sorry that's not what it says. <laughs> um, ChatGPT says uh, that the bot is becoming more difficult. Well, people who use ChatGPT um, say that it's becoming more difficult to work with. Now, OpenAI is looking into reports that the bot is lazier, which is kind of like the pot calling the kettle black, right? ChatGPT has racked up 1.7 billion users in the past year. And the users are lamenting a recent situation in which the AI bot is telling them to do their work like it's their boss or something prompting open AI to investigate. So somebody might've poisoned the well.
1: That's pretty funny.
0: It's looking into reports that ChatGPT began refusing user demands by suggesting that they finish the work themselves.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's humorous, but it seems contrary to the purpose of ChatGPT and kind of self uh, imploding if there's enough of that hmm
0: a generative AI that says and realizes that you're not pulling your own weight kind of smacks of sentience
1: it does and I also find the timing of this interesting because we just saw a lot of activity at OpenAI in oh, yeah. the last few weeks
0: Qstar mm-hmm Hannah Getahoon over at Business Insider put this article together. Um, I'm really curious what actually happened. What has gone on? Uh, like I haven't run into this yet. Um, I'm actually using a, a modified, uh, I'm using a Chat GPT agent right now to work on something. Um, and it, it pumped out a bunch of information Uh, in the last 48 hours for what for my project it says we have uh, we haven't updated the model since november 11th and this certainly isn't intentional the company wrote model behavior can be unpredictable and we're looking into fixing it for example semaphore reported that a, a startup founder tried asking the bot to list the days of the week up to may 5th it responded that it couldn't complete an exhaustive list When Business Insider tested it out, ChatGPT provided detailed directions on calculating how many weeks existed between December 9th and May 5th, and also provided an answer. On Reddit, users complained about the laborious task of getting ChatGPT to appropriately respond to assigned tasks by switching out various prompts until they reached the desired response. Many of the complaints are focused on ChatGPT's ability to write code and want the company to return to the original GPT models.
1: So, Sam Altman was fired on November 17th. Yeah. That's all I'm saying.
0: (laughs) And then return (laughs) five days later.
1: I know. I mean, I just think the timing of this sudden issue may have something to do with all the turmoil in OpenAI. Because
0: it hasn't been updated since the week before he was fired because he was fired on a Friday (laughs) and then back in the saddle that Tuesday.
1: I mean, somebody could have well,
0: poisoned the well. Somebody
1: could have been upset with what was going on.
0: Interesting. Training chat models is not a clean industrial process. Different training runs Even using the same data sets can produce models that are noticeably different in personality, writing style, refusal behavior, evaluation, uh, performance, and even political bias," the company wrote. Yeah, I don't want my bot to have political bias, but it's a product of humans. So down the spiral we go. Yeah, I'm gonna have fun this week because I'm gonna be working with this bot um, to test out. uh, See
1: if you can get it to tell you to do your work.
0: Oh, God. That's going to be just disgusting if that happens. You know. Yeah,
1: but then you can see it firsthand and see what the message is and report it back during the show.
0: Yeah, I've told a lot of people to do their own homework. And uh, I do not want to be told by ChatGPT to go do my own homework. (laughs) No, you are my homework. Okay, let's go on to the next article. Um... I like this, and I keep thinking that maybe I'll have a a segment about this. Um, kind of a "Am I the a-hole?" kind of a thing um, here in uh, hometown daily. I don't know if I do it every day, but I might do a show that's like this because um, I I kind of dig this. Um, this is over at hometown daily. That's where it was aggregated into. It comes from Newsweek. Woman billing boyfriend $1,000 after staying at her house is backed. So it's backed by the people that are over on Reddit in the, am I the a-hole subreddit?
1: Oh, okay. So I will tell you the headline sounds off, but we don't have the context yet.
0: Oh, it's not. You have the context just telling you. So, What would, what would make you, if you let your boyfriend stay at your place? Okay. Uh, so like I have to, I have to do the AI prompt engineer kind of thing. So you're a subject matter expert in, um, I don't know, Airbnb, and you've decided that you're going to take a vacation and let your boyfriend and his daughter stay at your place and watch it. And they have their own place, but you can let them come over. They can come over and watch the place. So you stock the fridge, you clean the house, you go on your trip. And when you return, what would make you say to your boyfriend, I want a thousand (laughs) dollars from your boyfriend.
1: I mean, you'd have to have like burn down the house or, <laughs> or something. I mean, in a thousand dollars wouldn't cut it, but I'm trying to think of what could be done that would be so awful in the house.
0: <laughs> You're funny. So Alice Gibbs is the author of this. They're the senior internet culture and trends reporter, um, which I guess it uh, amounts. To, well, anyway, um, so a woman has been backed by basically the, uh, am I the a-hole, uh, subreddit for billing her boyfriend a thousand dollars after he and his daughter stayed at her home more than 6,000 upvotes, thousands of comments. She says the, not the author, but the poster over on Reddit, uh, fluid location, 4956. um, quote, I've been seeing Jack for about two years. Um, we live separately due to kids just wanting to make sure it's a hundred percent all in before uprooting. She has two sons and a daughter. He has one teenage daughter. So they go on a trip. This is a stock image, not the legit image. Um, and uh, they come back, they say in the article and in the post that the the mom spends about a thousand dollars a month on groceries to accommodate herself, her children, and Jack and his daughter during the twice a month weekend stays. Seems like a lot of money, thousand dollars. Yeah, that's oh, like a thousand dollars a month. I'm sorry, a thousand dollars a month. I mean, you're looking at seven people or something like that. Uh, three four five six six i forgot about
1: her kids in the
0: equation yes yeah so six people over a month a thousand bucks yeah that's probably right well they're gone but on returning (laughs) two weeks the place is in disarray dirty uh, dirty clothes dirty dishes um all of the food gone well a significant portion of the food gone So outraged, she confronted Jack. That's the boyfriend's, you know, nom de guerre and uh, demands a thousand dollars (laughs) reimbursement. So what ended up happening apparently is he says, "Uh, I said that the daughter could have their friends over
1: Oh, okay. I was wondering what would happen, because if that was for, say, seven people and they ate, like, why did they eat up, use up all the food? So, okay.
0: Yeah. So. I when I was going through this, it was a real roller coaster because I'm sitting there going, man, that is really horrible to sit there and charge somebody a thousand bucks for, you know. Well, especially
1: if you gave them free reign of the house.
0: Yeah. But then you find out that they kind of go beyond the social contract. Look, man, if you have a party at somebody's, somebody else's house that you have been requested to watch and your party ends up costing the owner a thousand dollars worth of whatever pain and suffering, y'all had better step up.
1: Well, and you shouldn't even be having a party in somebody else's house that you're watching. I mean, that's a whole other layer of issue. Yeah,
0: Boyfriend or otherwise, if the framework of it is, hey, can you watch my place? Yeah, y'all can come over. I've got food. Then it's you, too. It's not you, your daughter, your friends, the neighbors, you know, the football team from the local college. You don't you just don't do it. So, of course, they bring in a counselor at the MBACP for insights into bl- blending families and healthy communication. That basically says what I think most people should be capable of understanding. You just don't do this, you set your boundaries. The implied boundary was, and you shouldn't have to enumerate it like that with a boyfriend and their daughter, who apparently have been coming over for some period of time every month never in there has probably it's not been disclosed in the article or in the post that she's like, yeah, go ahead. You can invite your friends over.
1: I don't know. I mean, I I feel like we don't have enough information because it seems like that wouldn't have suddenly happened. I mean, if they've been over there, has it been a complete mess every time they're over there? Maybe not. Maybe it was because of all the additional people,
0: but yeah. So it's definitely it, it says somebody posts in in the article and and hence from the uh, post over on reddit sometimes we don't realize how much goes unsaid until we have a breakdown in communication it sounds like both parties feel misunderstood she said in this situation they should start from scratch and collaborate to set ground rules
1: yeah but who pays for the thousand dollars
0: <laughs> yeah See, I just don't get it, though. Where in the breakdown of communication would the phrase, yeah, you can bring all of your friends over and get the refrigerator and leave detritus everywhere?
1: Oh, I agree. But what I really didn't understand, and I I think it's definitely a problem on that side of it, but I didn't understand if she's having people watch her house, she stocks up the house with all kinds of food and then leaves.
0: Hey, sometimes you want to come back.
1: I don't know. It just seemed kind of, kind of interesting. And then she complains that all the food's gone. (laughs) (laughs) But having all the other people over, etc., was clearly a problem. Yeah, that's
0: beyond the pale. So, yep. Okay, let's keep going. Next article is over in Ometown Daily as well. We now have more information on what Sam Altman did that was so bad that he got fired from OpenAI see didn't i didn't know this was this. coming up
1: when i mentioned that
0: <laughs> yeah i know i i would i didn't say anything because i wanted to surprise you um or tea details more details teet- so it's details around tea uh, more <laughs> details about sam altman's oust- ousting at OpenAI have emerged new reports suggest that altman may have at times been a meanie Apparently he's pitted board members and employees against one another to maintain power. According to the report in the days that followed Sam Altman's ousting from OpenAI on November 17th, which we already stipulated in a previous <sighs> article, <Sorry. laughs> employees inside the company and several members of the broader tech community likened the move to a coup. I was one of them. <laughs> the narrative in the middle, uh, in the immediate aftermath, of his firing was the broad ranks of open AI liked Altman didn't want him to go so Lakshmi Varanasi is the author over at Business Insider that put the article together here is um, Sam Altman peering into your soul and calculating the odds that his sentient AI will be able to track you down and delete you from the planet
1: wow that's rather ominous
0: I'm sorry about that. So, um, apparently, he was a, a manipulative meanie. Um, and uh, frankly, when 750 out of 770 employees sign a document saying that you're freaking great and we're going to go somewhere else, yeah, I kind of have a problem with uh, those who might have wanted to commit a coup to get him out. But we don't know. We really don't know. They. They say the narrative in the immediate aftermath of his firing was that broad ranks of open AI liked Altman and that his sudden dismissal was shocking, an erratic move by a board that was prioritizing ideology over the demands of its stakeholders and the wishes of its employees. Well, the ideology does come from the top down. It, it It's buoyed by the dream makers, right? The, the people who founded the company with a particular ideological bent. They prioritize that over the demands of stakeholders and wishes of its employees. Well, if it didn't make money, then they would have to downsize. The reason why they created the for-profit aspect of it is because my understanding is that Elon Musk pulled his money out probably because he couldn't be the CEO. And like always, he invests his money so that he can be the CEO, Um, (laughs) literally forcing out the dreamers. Um, These new details suggest that Altman is a skilled corporate schemer who manipulated people and perceptions within OpenAI to maintain his own standing. And that his tactics rubbed more than a few people at the organization the wrong way. Man, that is some retcon I'd see
1: the letter in light of that i mean that's the yeah. thing that just doesn't match
0: yeah it doesn't right so maybe some people were irritated by him but it's because he had a particular ideological bent he wants and it's to probably create. the
1: 20 people or whoever didn't sign the letter.
0: and i don't even right. think it's them i think that ultimately i don't know what the pardon me i don't know what the full number was that signed but my problem is Altman was the heart and soul of of the organization and so when you spearfish that you basically kill the ideological bent that stabilized the business the reason why it had that capped for-profit aspect is because he knew that it couldn't exist Without funding. Yeah, because they
1: need an investment, right? Yep. And I don't, I mean, I'm not, I don't know if he's treated people well or didn't or whatever, but it's kind of odd when somebody's kind of the whole focal point of the company and then people are griping about how he was shaping the company. Cause I'm kind of like, it's so, you can't unentangle him from the company.
0: Yeah, he is the person. So it says here, Altman didn't always see eye to eye with board member Helen Toner, for example. In October, Toner, a researcher who works at a think tank based at Georgetown University, published a paper that not only praised OpenAI's rival Anthropic for delaying the release of its chatbot Claude, but also criticized the frantic corner cutting release of Chat GPT. What frantic corner cutting? What do we not know? That makes ChatGPT such a massive threat.
1: Well, that's interesting, right? Because we we don't know anything publicly, right? They keep going, oh, it's only like a elementary school or whatever. That shouldn't be too threatening.
0: Yeah, so they talk about um, OpenAI already being under investigation by the FTC. This is a link. Um, to the New York Times that I'm going to have to follow after the show because I haven't heard and I I almost willingly don't look at that particular aspect of things you know because an investigation isn't tantamount to it's it's uh, it's innocent until proven guilty I'm interested in the outcome of an FTC investigation not one that is ongoing because it could just pitter out you know somebody light lights a, a match there's a little bit of smoke but until it becomes an inferno
1: well that could be know. the very same people yeah trying to oust him, or i mean we just don't know
0: yep so their clash may have led altman to sow tensions between toner and another board member tasha mccauley altman called other members of OpenAI's board and told them that Macaulay, a tech entrepreneur and scientist at the Rand Corporation wanted toner off the board. People with knowledge of the discussion told the times. Macaulay later said that this was absolutely false when board members asked about the incident. So apparently there was either a tactical strike by Altman trying to oust Macaulay or, or I'm sorry, toner um, or there was just Miscommunication and rumor fed, and then there's another one with Altman versus uh, Setzkover. Um, OpenAI's chief scientist Ilya Setzkover also had a strained relationship, their differences were ideological to the core. One wanted to avoid the uh, for profit aspect of it, and the other one is an, a visionary with an academic approach that didn't necessarily go over well with an engineer like Altman. Those familiar with the situation previously told business insider and so we've heard this before um that sets really just wanted to create the most powerful ai but you can't do that with bubbles and hugs you need money there has to be a profit motive somewhere in this over time that's Setskiver, true uh, over time sets had also become frustrated with being pushed out of decisions about chat gpt5 and plans to scale the product and company well, it really depends if you're sitting there trying to put the brakes on and regardless, you know, you're acting like that one Senator that wouldn't allow anybody to get a promotion.
1: Yeah. Do hadn't. you want me to say the name? Yeah, sure. Oh gosh. Now I'm questioning it. <laughs> you're fired.
0: Anyway. So yeah, I mean if you sit there and all you do is hold down the, the brake and pull the emergency brake, Of course you're going to get pushed out. Nobody wants that shit.
1: Okay, it was Tommy Tuperville.
0: Yeah, Tuper, yeah.
1: I thought I knew it, but then I started questioning that I had the name correct.
0: Yeah. So, and then Altman versus everyone else is another section of this article. Some of the board's six members uh, at the time found Altman to be disingenuous and a bit too calculating. Several of them had backgrounds in nonprofits or academia, and Altman's move fast and break things technically executive approach didn't necessarily sit well with them according to the new yorker well you buttered your freaking bread if you didn't want this to happen then why did you you knew who sam altman was Uh, the the guy is the the embodiment of tech ambition you know he wants to create new new tech and profit from it and then do altruistic things on the side you know uh, uh, the guy ran um whatchamacallit it, uh, a startup incubator i just forgot the name of it damn it um but he he is the founder of multiple businesses the incubator and advisor uh, to something like a thousand is businesses. it
1: y-combinator
0: y-combinator yeah I mean, the guy's just a juggernaut uh, seeking greater and greater innovation. Now he's got his hands on a sentient AI that I think we're going to find out about uh, by the end of the first quarter of 2024. So, ChatGPT 5 is the tip of the iceberg, and it's going to be fast tracked from ChatGPT 5 to sentient AI um, in four months. We'll see there's nothing that I'm going to eat a gummy bear if I am wrong. So, and I'm going to eat a gummy bear if I'm right. Because so. <laughs> I have no dog in this hunt. I'm not an investor. I'm not invested in any AI. Um, I just love the idea of it. So. All right. Let's keep going. The next article is over in the Marvel channel, sour grapes, Japan battles to protect premium fruits. Um, There it is in chat, folks. The variety of juicy grape that Yuki Nakamura is harvesting as the sun rises over his farm took scientists 33 years to develop and can sell for $100 a bunch in Tokyo department stores. This is not the only, by the way, premium fruit. I don't know. Now I'm starting to question, is strawberry a fruit?
1: yes and isn't that outrageously priced in Japan
0: certain ones not all certain ones they're huge very flavorful very sweet but these grapes are new to me in the view of Japanese farmers and officials the chunky emerald green shine muscat is one of many fruit varieties created by Japan and has been stolen by China and South Korea Oh, wait, according look, the it's article. 715. No shit news. No, no, no. You say according to the article. OK, yes. According to the article, Natsuko uh, Fukue with Holmes Chan in Hong Kong. Put the article together for fizz.org. And yes, the article says this about it being stolen by China and what, it, what was it? North
1: Korea, South Korea,
0: South Korea. Um, and frankly, if there is some way to benefit from somebody else's fundamental research and save millions to billions of dollars, guess what's going to happen? There's a mic right there. I'm not talking into my crotch. Um,
1: thank you for that clarification. Hey,
0: just that's a microphone folks, not my crotch. So if if the ip can be stolen at a cheaper rate than doing the fundamental research which they would never be able to get this without stealing it they wouldn't be able to develop it on their own why because there's a process you know who's the dude with the peas mendel mendel
1: gregory mendel
0: yeah mendel showed us that when you mix one thing to another, you get certain characteristics. And so without following the exact line from one grape to another grape, pairing them together and doing that, you will never get to these Shine Muscats. So you steal the IP. Why? Because there's a huge market, $100 a bunch.
1: That is expensive. Like grapes are pretty highly priced since all of the inflation, but not that high.
0: Hey man. Grapes are life. Thirty-three years to develop them. So yeah, I don't doubt. I have absolutely no doubt. I mean, we can show. I, I can and I show people this when I do a talk about the Joint Strike Fighter being cloned F thirty-five by China. Um, yeah, that was after a breach of, um, a, a contractor anyway, but in the view of Japanese farmers and officials, chunky Emerald green shine Muscat, one of many fruit varieties created by Japan has been stolen by China and South Korea. The great thing about shine Muscat are that each grape uh, berry becomes big. Yeah. Those look like big berries. Um, it's easy to grow and it's sweet, but not too much. Nakamura told AFP in the country's central Nagano region, calling the grapes, his partner, the 35 year old, uh, said he wants to export to places such as Hong Kong and Thailand, where J- Japanese fruits are popular. By the way, it took 33 years of this guy's 35 year old life to make those grapes. Obviously it's generational,
1: Right, exactly. I'm like, I don't think he started on this project at age two.
0: So can you believe that there's a person that was born two years before this product was getting developed? And now the product and him could have gone to college together. Um and it's his partner. This guy loves Like
1: this is his whole Life. existence is tied to the grapes
0: yep but waiting on the shelves there and online are copycats grown by china and south korea and are nearly the same as shine muscat grapes but much cheaper according to the japanese government china and south korea took mu- uh, shine muscat seedlings out of japan and grafted them into local vines to produce fruit that looks and tastes almost as good so grafting isn't the same and they by can the never way be this the
1: reminds same. me of hero dreams of sushi the oh, yeah. documentary.
0: yeah being that passionate about it. exactly yeah. i love people like this you know that i've said this before you know people who become so intimately attached to whatever it is their passion is that it's almost indiscernible where one ends and the other begins and yeah, i love it when people are like that i'm never like that um so I love the diversity of learning and doing a whole plurality of things. And this is just one of them, you know, customers definitely look at the prices said, so a fruit vendor and a busy market in Hong Kong where Japanese shine muscats often cost two or three times as much as their Chinese counterparts. It's still 33 bucks. A-
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the grapes are just outrageously expensive period. I think, part of it at least in Japan is probably because there isn't a lot of ideal farming land right because of the terrain
0: see but it goes way beyond that the genetics of those grapes are so distinct that if you were to get one the same size and the same general muscat note right like you get the same what is a genus of grape that same family or whatever you want to call it you know as close to parallel they've grown the closest
1: you could get would be genus without actually being the same ones because yeah. otherwise then you'd be at the species but no you know, the agree. generation
0: before it still doesn't meet this and they care so much about the product that they they would cull a whole crop if there was a bad one you know um because that's what they do these strawberries are the same way i mean they put them in these little containers and they baby them and People sit there and weep after eating these strawberries. I can imagine what these grapes are going to be like. I want these grapes now. So it says, but Japan cannot stop China or South Korea from growing the fruit because Tokyo, some say naively, failed to register the variety overseas within the six years required under international rules, which is... I think it should be bullshit, but anyway um this was confirmed by south korea's uh, agriculture ministry which told afp that the current situation permits shine muscat grapes to be grown and distributed here without royalty requirements but they are grafted onto another grape plant so this isn't a legitimate production of natural shine muscat but nothing is going to hinder the profiteering off of somebody else's labor six years or not it doesn't matter so it says japan cannot export grapes to china itself because of beijing's quarantine rules. so china growers are not technically cannibalizing japanese sales except that they've stolen the actual vines or exported it apparently i don't know what you want to uh, describe this as uh but we would expect licensing fees would be over 69 million dollars a year uh 10 billion yen assumed that the right the obtained rights in china and uh, that's uh yasunori ebihara director of plant trademark protection at the japanese agriculture ministry who told that to the afp yeah it's a real bummer um but i also don't like protectionism i also uh, so i <laughs> i'm conflicted the rate that these are being built at is extraordinary and so competition would drive down the price is the price legitimately a hundred dollars for a for this could it possibly be that you know if if it costs that much to produce in japan then why not export that technology somewhere where the cost of production is lower and you can sell more for less.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, it's the same thing we've been talking about like with California agriculture.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I don't care. You know, they say, well, it's normal that it took over 30 years to produce the shine muscat. That's a sunk cost, baby. You can't sit there and get time back. That's part of your research. If you're charging a hundred bucks because you're trying to get your money back over 30 years of production, you're never going to make it. You've already been operating in a negative for 30 freaking years. Get over it. Charge what it's operational rate is to produce. Because it, it was your decision to produce this over 30 years. And somehow I doubt that this was, you know, doggedly pursued over 30 years. I think shine. The Musk 30 had,
1: years could have been other varieties yeah. or like this came out at some point in that period. Yeah. Right. Because it's all about experimenting with yep. different hybrids and etc.
0: Yeah. Basically it's the, the, what punnet square of genetics, right? You mix and match and you find that you just created the, um, uh shine muscat and it was last generation that produced the shine muscat the previous generation didn't it doesn't mean that every single generation led to this it just means that you bumble farted your way into
1: failures yeah or other varieties that they marketed
0: could have been as yummy as this these just be uh, happen to be the preeminent one yeah i mean it's a the characterization of this as being 30 years in development is, I don't know. I think that's kind of marketing hype to drive home the, um, the exclusivity of these grapes, the Karen feeding that they go through is extraordinary. I have to give them that they babysit these so much. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not resting on a brand new diaper every day, <laughs> you know, um, but it looks like it's actually in, um inside um a greenhouse i think it's in a protected environment because there would have been predation all over these in a natural growing um, exactly
1: and those are the most uniform looking grapes like normally if you buy grapes they're not yeah they don't all look perfect
0: like this yeah these are perfect every single one of them oh my god Uh, they're just amazing Well, how
1: much would it be per grape, do you think, based on the price? (laughs)
0: uh, Well, there's like 25 grapes in here.
1: Wow. So like $4 a grape. You better eat that grape slowly. (laughs) Five.
0: So there's five right there, right? So maybe there's 50 in here.
1: Okay, so $2 a grape. It's still pretty steep. (laughs) $2
0: a freaking grape, man. No way. All right, you're out of here. Let's go on to the <laughs> next one. The last article for today is in Ometown Daily. And I I thought that I'd be able to spend copious amounts of time to go through these, but I'm just not going to be able to. 23 trends expected to blow up next year from badminton and jiu-jitsu to aesthetics like cafe core and Western goth, goth- Western gothic. So Western gothic think um, like emo cowboy or dark. oh yeah
1: cowboy. i didn't know what western gothic was
0: yeah so the article is put together by hallie uh tenor or Tenore. i'm not sure how they pronounce it over at businessinsider.com um before i do that let me throw the link into the chat so there you go folks bang and uh, let's go through this list really quick. It says uh, they have an article um, like Takeaway and Pinterest recently did a roundup of trends it expects to see rise in 2024 a social media company analyzed search terms. Uh, the trends cover fashion, beauty, wellness, and design among other. I always wanna say amongst different generations, not among different generation, I don't know why. So say hello to Jellyfish Aesthetic what gen Z's and millenni- millennials will take inspiration from spineless stinging sea creatures what that's a lot of people that went to my high school <laughs> I'm, sorry. <It's> just... <laughs> I'm sorry um a bob haircut with longer layers at the bottom are up 615% searches for the jellyfish haircut wow all right feeling okay, bold and blue I'm sorry,
1: never heard of that
0: searches for fun. Blue nails are up 260%. So obviously people are going to go blue uh, in the coming months, right? Wait, wait, wait. What's the time frame again next year? So 2024 and that's what they're saying. So feeling bold and blue bows galore. Doing a search for bow outfit and bow necklace were up 190% and 180%. Bow outfit and bow necklace? There has to be a different context to that. Let's see. Here's your Western Gothic. Yeah, let me zoom in a
1: little oh, bit. Oh, okay. That looks... Well, like the boots look like Western boots, but overall I can see that it's... Not just western
0: pretty wild there cafe core so making your place look like a cafe um aqua texture or sorry not texture it's architecture like like buildings oh. but it's aqua texture not texture <laughs> i don't I don't know if I'm helping or hurting small aquarium design is up 245%. fish tank theme ideas is up 410%. basically people are interested in fish again. spending in styles so it turns out piggy banks aren't just a childhood staple anymore searches related to piggy banks are on the rise. credit card stickers are also up on I don't know what credit card stickers are.
1: Probably just stickers that show a picture of a credit card instead of something like a smiley face or whatever.
0: Apparently, people aren't interested in in uh, just fluff small talk. They want big talk, they want deep conversations. That's up 185%. Hot seat questions are up 825%.
1: Well, you can come to Hometown Daily to get your deep conversation starters.
0: There you go. Look at that. Off roading adventures. Skincare, they're talking about the whole body this time. Combat sports, um, Pilates. It's time to push aside your Pilates regimen and for your spin classes, step aside. Now they're talking about Jiu-Jitsu. Um, probably because Zuckerberg practices it and there's always fanboys and fan people, I suppose, that want to follow in the Zucks. Which just Zucks. Anyway, mixed martial arts training is also surging. Kickboxing aesthetic.
1: Yeah. Oh, pickleball, um, yes. <laughs>
0: um, this is about but I think what they're saying is badminton is rising, n- not pickleball. Oh. Yeah, so apparently badminton is on the rise, which is basically old school pickleball. Right. <laughs> With I mean it's a different ball, but you're still hitting that's still
1: kind of the same idea. Cup.
0: Yeah. Um, and then tropical getaway. They want mocktails, pineapple upside down cake, Hawaiian sheep pan chicken are on the rise. Search for tropical chic decor are up 110%. And there's a bunch more kitchens and colors that pop. I think that's always cool you have to do it right though that right there is like barbie exploded in my kitchen
1: oh my god that looks like it's from the barbie movie set
0: it might actually it's be. so
1: barbie pink like the shade is the same
0: kitchens get it kitchens.
1: Mm. kitchens
0: go big or go home i'm just jealous about big hair futuristic chrome and sleek silvers silvers yes scrappy and sustainable Next year's Weddings may be a blast from the past. So they're going to go old school. And there's more. So we are about two-thirds of the way through this, but I'm going to give you all something to go and check out. So all 10 of the articles are in the VOD, and they will be in the show notes and for YouTube and the podcast. If you want to submit an article, um, go to the Discord, which is available pretty much everywhere. Um, as well, any of the show notes has it. Um, I don't have a branded, um, discord yet. Uh, there's a Patreon as well. I don't think there's anything exclusive though. It's just your goodwill. So feel free to donate there. Um, and there's a, I don't know what else. Did you
1: mention
0: TikTok? Oh yeah. TikTok. That's the thing. Um, it's there. (laughs) All right, that's it folks. We are done for today. Uh, Yeah, let's do it. Let's go back in the party bus and drive back down the street. And uh, I'm not gonna refresh it because we always get in trouble, but this is really interesting. A legal influencers law firm goes into liquidation owing over a million dollars. I read about something about this um, when it was first reported. Um, This is a different article, so if we want to talk about it tomorrow, we can. uh, It's already
1: submitted for tomorrow. uh,
0: Oh, okay, cool. Um, And this is one that I was talking about a long time ago, um, and um, it it really bothered me because it would have basically consolidated a massive amount of um, personally identifiable information and created a juggernaut healthcare conglomerate that basically they have because there's so much in this one conglomerate options would cease to exist competition would drive prices up because there's lack of competition i'm witnessing the same thing um, outside of hometown so anyway um with all that in mind we're going to be back tomorrow at eight o'clock but i'm stealing the lines from the sentient ai you want to say bye and do your thing
1: good night hometown citizens and we will see you tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern
0: 8 p.m. Monday through Friday 6 p.m. Saturday and Sunday at least for the foreseeable future next year though some things will be changing for the weekends at least Saturday and Sunday another show each so yeah see you then I'll see you tomorrow 8 p.m. Eastern production value is massively high. Wow.
1: And we're outie bye bye.